0: Well, hello to you and good day, my friends, and welcome to the Star City Podcast, where you can always listen in on new conversations with people just like you, sharing their stories about life, family, work, and faith. I'm your host, Brian Smith, and today we have my friend and our special guest here on Star City today, Dr. Brian Autry. Brian, welcome, and it's great to have you with us. Well, it's so
1: good to get to be on the Star City Podcast today, Brian. Appreciate your friendship, your leadership, and so good to get to be with your listeners today.
0: You know, Brian, you have served on staff with churches in Virginia, including as the senior pastor of Parkway Baptist Church. And from there, God opened the door and led you to become executive director for the Southern Baptist Convention of Virginia, or as many of us know it as the SBCV. You and your wife, Jennifer, have three children, Melissa, Mark, and Jenna and your life verse is Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Uh, Brian, again, welcome to Star City Day. This is your first time to be with us, and and let's begin by you telling us about why Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 is your life verse.
1: Well, I certainly appreciate that question, and of course the verses say this, now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And it was really a seminary professor uh, who was a retired pastor who would end every class quoting those two verses. And it just stuck with me, Brian. Mm. And and as I over the years, as I've thought through those verses, prayed through them, I just kind of claimed those my life verses. I mean, it's sometimes hard to pick maybe one or two verses of the Bible, but Those really resonated with me because of the joy of the Lord in his life, but also the challenge of those verses. And as a pastor, as a Christian leader, they have just been a tremendous encouragement to me to realize that it's not all on me as the leader, because the real leader is Jesus, that he's the one who's able to do it. Because oftentimes in leadership, well, leadership can be about challenges. And those verses just give me great encouragement that God's got this.
0: You know, Brian, having been your friend for a number of years and having watched you, I can say that those life verses are sincerely, truly lived out in your life day after day. At least that's been my observation, my friend. Now, for the sake of those who are joining us today and maybe haven't heard of the SBCV, explain what the SBCV is and your role as its executive director. What do you do?
1: Well, I, I sure, sure appreciate that uh, request or that question, because SBCB, what's a network or an association, if you will? Really, I like the word partnership of okay. 800 churches that okay. are independent churches. The Baptist churches are autonomous. We're not a hierarchical denomination, thing like that. We're really a, a group that has come together, that churches initiated, really for the sake of partnering in the gospel. And so what we seek to try to do is to strengthen and really mobilize churches in the Great Commission work that the Lord Jesus has given to the local church and uh, local church disciples. And of course, we do that through uh, things one might expect, like uh, missions work. Uh, We're very involved in relief ministries, disaster relief ministries. We're also involved in helping our churches as they seek to multiply and planting new churches. Um, Also, the work of helping to revitalize and strengthen existing churches and one of the things that I particularly get to do, really, is is I I view my role as serving as kind of the the, the chief steward, if you will, on behalf of our churches, as uh, as they pool and work together and join together with uh, their mutual resources and efforts to really advance the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. So it's really about the local church, but it's also about leveraging the power of partnership, just as you see, for instance, in the book of Acts, as churches came together to strengthen one another and to advance the gospel.
0: What an exciting work and an exciting role that God has given to you at this time in your life. And you say advancing the gospel, that is the Great Commission. And it's something that all Southern Baptist churches understand are committed to supporting in partnership together right here in our commonwealth. But studies show that the number of individual Christians, Brian, who personally seek to share the gospel with their neighbors, their friends, people they go to school or work with, continues to remain very low. Why do you think that so many believers are so hesitant to personally share their faith?
1: Well, perhaps uh, each Christian might have their own reason or something. I, you, I think, Brian, I, I would identify two just kind of right off the, the top of my head. One, I think, is fear. I think a lot of folks mm-hmm. say, well, they're kind of fearful to talk about about their religion or, or, or what have you. But, you know, in the Bible, uh, Jesus actually addressed that to his disciples as he was— as he was really sending them out into uh, the field of ministry, out to their communities. And uh, it's over in Matthew chapter 10, I think it's verse 31. Jesus said, Fear not, therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. And he says, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. And and he was really just trying to to reassure them that they didn't have to be fearful, that uh, they were on mission for him. So I think one is fear. I'll tell you the other, though is something that I don't know that we always think about. And it's what I will just call apathy. I, I I think sometimes we are just busy about our everyday lives. We're just busy about work. We're just busy about what's going on with our families, our kids. I mean, all, all those things are are very good, very, very wonderful, very uh, uh, important aspects of our lives. But But we can just fail to see uh, our neighbors, we can fail to see even our own loved ones, not to mention strangers uh, the way that Jesus would see them. And I'm reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter nine, he said it says that it 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 what, what, it says that that Jesus told his disciples that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few, but but right before that, when he said that, you get a description of how Jesus viewed the community. And the Bible says that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them Yes, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And, and, and sometimes I'll ask people, i say, you, w- do you know what, what is the opposite of compassion? And some might say, well, it's hatred. No, actually the opposite of compassion isn't hatred, it's apathy. Mm. And, and so I, I just think sometimes, for instance, just like we can watch the news at night and we can see all kinds of craziness and all kinds of sad stories, and we just turn off and go to sleep. Well, sometimes I think we just kind of go to sleep when it comes to our neighbors and and those around us. So I think fear and apathy are two major, major uh, uh, points of of, of issue for us at times when it comes to witnessing.
0: Yes, I think you've put your finger right on a common problem or two sets of problems that Christians encounter when they begin to think about stepping out of their comfort zone and and sharing the gospel, and yet God promises that he gives us what we need to do what we should do, no matter what we face. But Brian, we're facing a lot of different things these days because we've seen things change socially, culturally, politically, morally, and, and spiritually in America during the past several decades. So as you work with 800 churches in partnership together through the SBCV, what are some of the greatest threats or challenges that you believe that churches and Christians may be facing in the years ahead, maybe even in the near future?
1: Well, I do think, Brian, that certainly we see cultural challenges. I think most folks would be aware of that, would acknowledge that. I mean, some will even uh, take note of various governmental challenges. I mean, even in the past year, year and a half, we've We've, uh, we've dealt with the challenge of just dealing with uh, the pandemic and all of what uh, that has meant in our society. But, you know, when I, what I do is I think back to, for instance, the Book of Acts. I've been reading through and teaching through that some the past few weeks, and, and I'm reminded of what an old Air Force general told me. Brian, he said this. He said, you know, Brian, he said that um, uh, the, the attacks of the evil one, uh, he's not necessarily all that creative but he is persistent. And he went on to tell <laughs> yes. me Brian that 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 really there tend to be about 3 main challenges that the church faces and attacks that the church finds itself under really throughout the history of the church and you see these throughout the book of acts and I think I think I think he was spot on. And I'll just kind of phrase them in a And in a way that I've heard some different preachers phrase them or in a way that's kind of memorable for me. One is I'll just say that churches do face indeed, not just cultural, governmental, societal challenges, but let's make it let's make it much more even on the biblical level. I'll say one is internal. What I mean by that is just the dissension uh, that can be within the body of Christ, Uh, our own sinful nature, what I'll just call internal challenges. This is kind of the stuff that's taken taking place right between our own four walls. The second, I would call external challenges, and that would be more like the persecution that some Christians find themselves under, or opposition that you might face from the external community. Uh, I mean, for instance, you you and I both know that, especially in certain parts of the world, there are Christians who are under intense persecution. But then the third, well, the third, Brian, is one that we all know, we read the Bible, we know this is real, but... Sometimes I'm not sure we're always paying attention to, and it's it's not internal, it's not external. I'll use another word that rhymes with that. It's what I call infernal, and that is really <laughs> the fact that we're under we're under spiritual attack from the evil one, and uh, and so you true. see that plainly spoken to in the scriptures. And so I would that's why I kind of go back to my life first, just trying to remind remind myself yes. and remind my loved ones in Christ, man, that, that we have to know that he is abundantly able to deal with these various challenges because, you know, God does reign and he does promise to build his church.
0: Yes, he certainly does. And we need to be sure that we don't lose hope that even though times have changed and and some are even saying that America is now a a pre-Christian nation, not just a post-Christian nation, let's remember there was a pre-Christian world once when the gospel was introduced that was much more hostile to the early church than it is even to the church today in many places still on, on the earth. And so let's not lose hope. Let's remember that God is at work And even though we're in a spiritual fight, greater is he that is in us as his followers, as his people, as his church, than he who is against us in this world. Uh, You know, Brian, something else that seems to be on the increase today is the closure of so many American churches. As you know, recent studies have shown that only about 47% of Americans today belong to or still attend a local church. It's never been that low before in American history, has it? And, and whether you're Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, or any church denomination you name, American churches across the board are experiencing declines in salvations and baptisms, Sunday school giving, worship attendances, and so on. I, I know we're seeing the same thing in general, generally speaking, right here in Virginia as well. Uh, so Brian, in light of that problem, one of the major new exciting ministry initiatives that you are leading the SBCV to engage in in recent years is something called church revitalization. Uh, would you please explain to our listeners what church revitalization is and how does it work?
1: Well, that is that is very much a very important newer initiative that we've undertaken, in, and it's all because of what you have just outlined here in your comments. Uh, the, the essence of it is the idea of coming alongside a church. Well, all churches need strengthening. I mean, it's an ongoing spiritual battle, as we've just talked about. But what we're talking about is an intensive effort to revitalize a church that perhaps is going through a very intense time of of, of needing to address certain issues. So we use two, two primary uh, pillars and approaches in in trying to help revitalize a church and come alongside them. One is what we just call strategic relationships, because usually churches in need of revitalization need to form some new strategic relationships to aid them really in the process of revitalizing. And and, and what that does is that provides encouragement, because usually they're dealing with a great deal of discouragement. It it, it may involve instruction, even maybe potentially some, some, some additional personnel, I mean, people to come alongside them, perhaps from a sister church that will come in and help with a particular task or a particular uh, project they're working on. And then secondly, not only the strategic relationships, which we think really are the key, but then having a personalized plan. And what we try to do is work with each church because they're each unique, they're each different, they have their own situation, try to have a personalized plan after we take kind of a broad assessment and analysis of the various issues that may be affecting their uh, their uh, uh, revitalization as a church. And the goal is really then to focus on some short-term wins while still having kind of a long-term view, if you will.
0: Wow, I'm sure that's a tremendous encouragement to pastors and churches alike who are discouraged and and feel like they just keep running up against a wall that they can't get around, can't get over, and can't uh, see removed in front of them. Well, that is all we have time for today, and so we're going to end the first part of our story with Dr. Brian Autry, and we will pick it up right where we left off on our next episode. So until next time, I'm Brian Smith, and thank you for joining us today on Star City. And remember to live your week by His grace and for His glory.